0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. We're talking about Nashville SC and previewing the 2023 Major League Soccer season. Thank you again for joining us. Nashville SC is going to be previewed. We're covering all 29 Major League Soccer uh, teams, one per episode until the season starts. We're finishing off our last maybe 10 teams, and we have Chris Ivey here, senior sports writer from Broadway TN and Speedway Soccer, making his first appearance on IED Sports. I think we had Ben Wright from uh, uh, Broadway TN over the past couple seasons. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us here today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to join.
0: So, I want to give you a quick chance to talk more a little bit about yourself and plug where we can find your work.
1: Yeah, so it's Chris Ivy. You can find me on Twitter at chrisivy865. Uh, right for Broadway Sports Media, which is a Nashville outlet that covers not just Nashville SC but the Titans um, and the Preds to a certain st- extent as well. Um, you can also find me on Speedway Soccer. That's our podcast that we do covering everything on Nashville SC.
0: All right, so before we get into everything and we're covering depth chart, we're talking about last season, we're talking roster moves all on this episode. I want you to tell us, you know, there's going to be a lot of new Major League Soccer viewers, Apple TV deal, all that stuff. What do even casuals need to know about Nashville team, culture, ownership?
1: Yeah, so this is Nashville's fourth season in MLS, joined as an expansion side back in 2020. Um, last year they opened up Geodis Park. It's a brand new stadium. Um, seats thirty thousand people. It's the largest soccer-specific stadium in North America, or at least in the U.S. and Canada. Um, they've made the playoffs first three seasons in MLS. It's a it's a big achievement. Um, not you know not necessarily to the same extent that, you know, an LAFC or Atlanta's expansion sides were, where they were capturing trophies in that second year, but making playoffs as a, as a smaller market team three years in a row as an expansion side is certainly a feat. Um, and one that they'll want to repeat this coming year as well. Um, kind of the back history of the club as well. Um, supporters are going to be celebrating the 10th year since the kind of a humble founding of the club as a fan created club as an amateur side in NPSL. Um, that happened in 2013. So it's a 10 year anniversary for that. Um, while the club, you know, officials may not, you know, necessarily always promote that, it, it's something that's near and dear to the hearts to a lot of supporters. So it's a big milestone. And thinking about just where soccer has come in Nashville over that 10 years, you had Walker Zimmerman featuring heavily in the World Cup this past winter, as well as Shaq Moore. So it, it's, you know, really highlights the meteoric rise for soccer in Nashville going from, those humble beginnings um, all the way to a fully fledged MLS club with a new stadium and and people starring at the world cup.
0: And I love uh, Nashville. They're branded around music city. Even the colors, you know, have goofy names, electric gold and acoustic blue, you know, everything that the team has to do has that music theme. You, you talk about, You know, we had Portland on and they give the slice of wood, which I think is kind of goofy. You guys give like a pressed record, right? You have like a wax record maker um, to the goal score with the goal call written on it. You have, you know, a little concert laser light show. I don't even know what the heck it's called at the beginning of the game. I absolutely love that. And and it's really kind of built in to what you guys do there. When I think Nashville, I think defense first. Is that um, have to do anything with your identity there?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's not just become Nashville's identity. It's really born through Gary Smith. He's always been a defensive-based manager and instilled those kind of tactics from the beginning. And it was a smart move for an expansion side. You're not necessarily always going to be able to wow people with your attack unless you have a lot of money to spend. So I thought they did a great job of approaching how to build an expansion side differently. And that's kind of what led to their success was build from the back in terms of having that solid spine both in the defense and you know central midfield and then kind of add on from there so it it certainly has become nashville's calling card in mls
0: nashville last year was 13 wins 11 draws and 10 losses 52 goals 41 goals allowed for a plus 11 goal differential now you say you might not wow us with goals but you certainly did have one guy who did that and i'm going to throw over to scott here to take us through the goal scores
2: Yeah, Hany Mukhtar, of course, you know, led the league in scoring and he's currently the reigning league MVP. 23 goals, 7 assists. So as much as we're talking about defense first, uh, not for Hany Mukhtar. Uh, But then CJ Sapong, there's a bit of a drop off here. Five goals, five assists.
0: A bit of a drop off. (laughs)
2: Just a bit. (laughs) Just a little bit of a drop off. It is is significant, but I suppose you're always going to have something like that when you have somebody like Hany Mukhtar scoring 23 goals and recording seven assists. It's not going to be neck and neck. Um, Till Bunbury, five goals. Walker Zimmerman, uh, four goals, one assist. Always nice to see a center back um, on this page. Randall Leal, two goals, five assists. Daniel Lovitz, one goal, four assists. Um, Well, I guess do we have, we have to address the cliff, though, right? Like, Hany Mukhtar scores all of the goals, records most of the assists. Um... You know, we, we look at last season, we, we, there are some good numbers for Nashville, but Nashville f- finishes fifth, fifth in the West, and is basically tied with L.A. If you find one more point anywhere, you finish fourth and you get a home playoff game instead of a road playoff game. Um, but I'm not sure that Nashville wants that because the home record is worse than the away record.
0: Yeah, they're, they're one of the few teams in the league that can uh, kind of get away with that. I, I you know Red Bulls comes to mind. Um, they had a, a, yeah, a 1.41 points per game at home, 1.44 points per game on the road. Very close, very close. And that's consistency. That also has to do with being in the Western Conference. They're going to be in the Eastern Conference. I think that's going to change a little bit this year. But when I look at this, the first thing I think of, if we look by minutes played, Joe Willis, obviously, uh, 2,970. Henny Mukhtar, he only missed 40 minutes last, 43 minutes starting last season. But the next five guys in consistency, Sean Nealis, Dave Romney, Daniel Lovitz, Walker Zimmerman. And then you get, you know, some other attackers. So I think while, you know, there is a drop-off here, there's also a drop-off in minutes played. There's a drop-off in consistency. And I think that that had to do with Henny scoring as many as he did I I can't imagine he's going to play Mm -hmm. another 2900 minutes this season talk about this chart talk about the scores and let us know what you think
1: yeah so I think that you guys hit the nail on the head in terms of what was the biggest question last year and what continues to be the biggest question heading into 2023 as great as Hani Mukhtar has been he was unbelievable last year where does the second scoring come from uh, CJ Sapon had double digit goals in, 2 years ago but obviously the drop off to just 5 goals and not having scored um, since May of last year it, it's a big problem for Nashville it's one that a lot of supporters were hoping would be addressed with you know the acquisition of a new striker that didn't happen yet it looks like they'll at least have to wait till the summer window to address any of those concerns but it, there, there's got to be somebody who steps up for this team if they want to finish you know, in that top half of the playoffs and get a home match. Um, whether it be C.J. Sapon chipping in more goals or Till Bunbury or even Randall Leal, who showed more of a goal threat in his first couple seasons in Nashville and kind of dropped off as well. So it's one of the big questions going from last year into this year as well.
0: I mean, for me, it has to be Randall Leal, doesn't it? Like, Like, isn't it too... Too good not to be. I mean, or maybe someone up top putting in more than five. Um, let's take a look at the uh, players coming in and leaving because there wasn't much of a change. Um, players coming in, we have uh, Shaq Moore kind of at the end of last season, Schaffelberg, Fafa, P. Co. Was there anyone else that you think is going to make a difference this season?
1: No, I don't think so. They made a lot of moves on the back end of the roster just to kind of fill out what's going to be Huntsville City, the club's new MLS Next Pro squad, but those three are going to be the big ones in terms of any impact.
0: You had Dave Romney leave at center back for New England. I think that that kind of hurts a little bit, but you do have some depth at the center back position. I'm going to pull that uh, depth chart up in just a couple of minutes, and there's there's six guys on it. You have, you have six uh, center backs worth noting. Any other departures that hurt?
1: Yeah, so, well, you can debate on whether it hurts, but Ake Lobo would headline that. He is on loan to Mazatlan in Liga MX. He, of course, was the DP striker that Nashville acquired just about a year and a half ago for a reported $7 million. Never worked out in Nashville. He just couldn't find the field with any sort of regularity. Only had two goals in his time in MLS play. Um, and just never seemed to really fit with what Gary Smith wanted out of a striker. He seems to prefer that bigger-bodied, more target guy alongside Hani Mukhtar, which is why you see C.J. Sapone and Till Bunbury get a lot more minutes there. So Loba, they were kind of hoping to offload, um, open up that DP slot. Um, Instead, they've loaned him to Mazatlan. They can um, sell him out to either them or any other club when we hit the summer window. So they're certainly going to be hoping that he's scoring goals, which he has already put in a couple. That way they can recover some of that transfer fee paid and then hopefully open up that DP slot as well.
0: So let's take a little look now at the depth chart that we do have. Now it's kind of a 4-2-2-2 or a 4-4-2 or a 4-4-1-1 with uh, Mukhtar kind of tucking in underneath and maybe Sapong up top. Why did we choose this particular formation?
1: Yeah, so it's what Gary Smith kind of transitioned to late last year. Um, for about a year there, he had been playing five in the back with three center backs. Um, but with the acquisition of Shaq Moore, he felt more comfortable with moving to a back four, given that Shaq can kind of is a really good two-way player, can cover a lot of ground, and then also deliver good crosses from that fullback position. Um, and it's kind of just what Gary Smith generally prefers anyway. He's always looked at things as a little bit more role-based than necessarily positional based. But this is what he's been kind of playing for the last, you know, month or two of last year's season, and then everything within the preseason has been pointing towards this kind of four-four-two empty bucket, is what I
0: like to kind of describe it as. Absolutely love that. Let's build from the back Joe Willison net.
1: Yeah, so Joe Willis, um, leader all time now in minutes for Nashville SC across all the ten years that they've been in existence, been a steady presence in net. Had a really good first couple seasons in Nashville. Last year he had kind of a, a few game stretch with some pretty bad mistakes that led to his benching. Not so much as a permanent benching, but just kind of a chance to step away, get his mind right allowed Elliot Panico to step in and start for a couple of matches. He performed well, but not well enough necessarily to wrestle away that job. So Joe Willis returns in net for Nashville. Um, I believe he's entering the last year of his contract. So given his age and given the contract situation, it is one worth keeping an eye on throughout the year. But Willis will be the day one starter.
0: Love that. Now let's look at the back four. First of all, I'm going to ask, uh, to start fullbacks first, kind of talk about the role that the fullbacks are going to play on this team. Are they more defensive? Cause you do got some guys who can move up field here and then your center back depth with, uh, Zimmerman and Maher.
1: Yeah. So we'll start off on the left side with Daniel Levitz. He's been the paired down starter at that left fullback position as long as Nashville has been an MLS, very solid player. Um, in terms of the role that they play, it's going to be a lot more defensive just based off Nashville's character, but they are responsible for providing the width in Gary Smith's tactical plan and delivering quite a few crosses in there, and I think that's one of the reasons why this club really likes Lovitz and Shaq more, is they're both good um, deliverers of crosses in the box, and Nashville generally is one of the top three or four teams over the last couple of years in terms of the amount of crosses fielded in. And when you you have a guy like CJ Sapong or Teal Bunbury in the box, it it is good to lob some stuff up there for him. Whether or not they converted is a a different matter, but um, it's certainly something that Gary Smith prefers. So Shaq Moore on the right side, um, like we mentioned, he was acquired towards the end of last season's summer transfer window, a $2 million fee. From Tenerife in the second division there in Spain, U.S. national team player, um, very good two-way player, very athletic, great 1v1 defender, um, really good crosser from what we've seen with his play with the U.S. national team and back with his time with Tenerife. We didn't see it as much in the that month or two he was with Nashville at the end of last year but I think that's also kind of one of those things that's going to take a little bit of time to gel to time runs in the box and I think we'll see a little step up from him this year um, they at center back it's got to start with Walker Zimmerman so two-time MLS defender of the year didn't win it last year but he was up in that conversation again and then starter for the U.S. national team so he's kind of the rock in the back and will continue to be so And then Jack Mayer will step into a full-time starting role next to him. So part of that switch from the five in the back system to the four in the back last year made either Dave Romney or Jack Mayer expendable. So the club decided to go the younger, cheaper route and let Jack Mayer take over that role. And he's had 14, 15 starts the last couple of years and he's shown, well, he certainly belongs at this level. Um, Former, top pick of Nashville in that 2020 super draft um, was a generation Adidas guy. And they'll certainly, he's ready, certainly think that he's ready to step up and make an impact. Um, so Dave Romney departed for that 525 K and GAM that new England revolution paid for him. And then behind them, you've got a, a lot of depth options there at center back. Um, a couple new signings there and Lawrence Whitey, Um, as well as Nick Depay came over in a kind of smaller trade from Los Angeles Galaxy. Um, You'll see them sprinkled in, you know, if somebody is carrying a knock or anything like that, but I would expect to see Mayer and Zimmerman start the majority of the matches.
0: Whether you see this as a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-3-1, you're going to have two holding midfielders. I think that we can uh, kind of etch that in stone. Anibal Godoy and Sean Davis are there, but you also have a veteran, uh, Dax McCarty and Anunga, behind them. Godoy, Davis, is that your best pair? Um,
1: depends, honestly, on matchup. Depends on what you need. Um, I think so. Uh, McCarty... As great as he has been, and even as great as he was those first couple of years in Nashville, kind of took a step back last year. He is getting up there and into his mid-30s, but can still certainly play a a sizable role for Nashville. And and just throughout the course and grind of a season, you're going to see all four of those play. But especially Dax, he will get plenty of starts mixed in with those two. Um, If it is a situation where Nashville is on the front foot, um, and looking to attack, I think Dax and Doy are your better pairing, but Gary is always going to want kind of a more of a ball winning midfielder. And that's what Sean Davis provides when he came over from the New York Red Bulls. He's used to that, you know, high energy pressing yeah. style. And he, he brings that to Nashville.
0: And you have uh, two ex-Red Bull captains in McCarty and Davis on this team. Then you have Alex Mouille out in right back, his natural position where he should have played and he would have had a lot more success with Red Bull. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, next row up, you have Fafa Pico and Randall Leal on the outside moving up, whether you want to call them midfielders or you know attacking midfielders. Um, let's talk about the left side, because that side has kind of, I think, the most uh, change from week to week. Pico, Schaffelberg, Perry. Yeah, so
1: Fafa Pico came over in a trade from Houston Dynamo this off season. It brings a, a real good speed element to the game and kind of a goal dangerous threat from that position as well. Both him and Schaffelberg will kind of play off on the right side as well at times. You'll see a lot of interchange between those two and Randall Lyall, whoever's starting in that particular match. Um, you'll see those kind of wingers tuck inside a little bit more, have the fullbacks provide the width. Um, but one of the things that Nashville really wanted to do this off season was get more speed for an attack that really relies upon quick vertical counterattacks. That was kind of one thing that they had been missing there for a little bit. So adding Fafa Pico and Schaffelberg who came over in a trade last season, um, it was a technically alone with a purchase option so they went ahead and exercised that purchase option getting those two in the fold is really going to help provide that kind of verticality that Nashville's been missing
0: and then we talked about it up top you got C.J. Sapong and uh, Tila Boonbury um, as the lead guy, I guess he's slightly up top, although this graphic doesn't quite show it. I usually have Honey Mukhtar, you know, who who can also play as a 10 or a false nine, um, tucking in just a little bit behind him. But that's where your goals are coming from. Uh, let's talk about that two-prong attack up top.
1: Yeah, so obviously Honey Mukhtar, just ride him in 10. If he's healthy, he's going to be sitting there at one of those two forward spots the Golden Boot winner, the reigning MVP, and he's just been lights out ever since joining Nashville. And there's really the focal point of the attack. Next to him, it's a bigger question. So we have CJ Sapong listed there, but it wouldn't surprise if Teal Bunbury's the day one starter. And you'll see quite a bit of interchange between those two. Um, Last year, Gary Smith would generally substitute whoever the starting striker was around the 65-minute mark a lot of times. So both of those guys will get plenty of action. Um, it's really incumbent on both of them to add some secondary scoring, to take off some pressure from Honey Mukhtar this season, and really for themselves too. If they don't want Nashville to go out and you know acquire another big-game striker, it's going to be incumbent on them to start pouring in some goals and to make that less of a concern than it is entering the season.
0: What are some storylines people need to follow with nashville sc throughout the season i'm watching you know on a saturday maybe i pulled up a replay on apple tv what are some things i need to be following like some season-long storylines
1: yeah so one thing i think from the get-go is the move back to the eastern conference so last year they were pushed to the western conference for a season which was an odd fit um just with you know, MLS expansion, it kind of pushes teams here and there for a little bit. They're back in the Eastern Conf- Conference, which reignites some rivalries. There's a longstanding one with FC Cincinnati going back to the USL days. You've got geographic rivals in Atlanta and Charlotte. And then just kind of some of the bad blood that had started developing just in you know close matches in those first couple of years with specifically Orlando and N- NYCFC. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be good to kind of reignite those a little bit more on the field, organic rivalries as well.
0: And when we talk about that defense first mentality, I mean, that can work better against um, Eastern conference teams who rely a little better on tactics than on West conference team who rely a little more, you know, in general on that star power, those guys who can really break down an offense there. Let's move ahead to some uh, quick hit questions. What's the biggest strength of this team?
1: Yeah, I mean I think we've been talking about it. It's the defense and it continues to be so. Even with the departure of Dave Romney this offseason, season, I don't think you're going to see a drop off with Jack Mayer sliding into that center back position. It's going to always be Gary Smith's calling card and any team that he coaches is that they're going to be tactically and fundamentally sound in the back and I expect that to continue in 2023.
0: What's Nashville's biggest weakness?
1: It's it's got to be the number 9 position. Um if the two strikers of Sapong and Bunbury combined for only 10 goals again this season. It's a, it's a big problem for Nashville as much as honey Muttar, you can rely on him. You, you never expect a guy to continue with, you know, a golden boot plus MVP yeah. caliber season. He, he will still be great regardless, but I don't know if you can necessarily expect the same goal production out of him. So whether it comes in house or eventually a summer transfer that has to eventually be addressed. The biggest weakness right now is that striker position.
0: Do you have any players outside of our opening day, starting 11 who have a good chance of winning a job?
1: Yeah, I think Jacob Schaffelberg is one. Uh, So we had Fafo Pico um, listed there as the starting winger on the left side. I think we'll see plenty of Schaffelberg and he's kind of a younger guy that lurked in the shadows, got some minutes in Toronto And then as they kind of shifted formations, he was kind of pushed into an awkward wingback role that really didn't fit him. He's a vertical player, even in that kind of month and a half that he was with Nashville. He was a spark for the kind of late season resurgence from Nashville. Late summer, Nashville was dropping a lot of points. The offense was stagnating. And he came in and immediately provided that spark and got Nashville going again. So while we don't have him as a starter, um, I think he could certainly step up and just wrestle away control of that job and become the pendant starter at the left wing if things go well for him.
0: So I guess this kind of lends to the next question. Are there any other players outside that are likely to fall outside the starting 11?
1: Yeah, I think CJ Sapong is one, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if the day one starter ends up being Teal Bunbury against NYCFC on Saturday. Um, Teal's put a couple goals in on in preseason, um, and it's just going to be a, a hot hand situation. I've got to imagine for the first couple months of this season at striker.
0: Mukhtar missed the uh, preseason finale. Do you have any word on on how he's looking for NYCFC? Because I see him right now listed as questionable for the for the starter.
1: Yeah, so Gary talked about that a little bit in his press conference after that final preseason match. There is some doubt whether he'll be available um, to start the season on Saturday. I don't think the club anticipates him being out for long or anything like that. But his he is in doubt for Saturday's match.
0: If he doesn't go, NYCFC plus two thirty. I'm looking all over that bet right now on uh, sportsbook. No, no offense, guys, but you get you knew. You take the best guy you on the field do, yeah. off the field, then, you know, you have a little, little bit of a, um, a, a trouble there. Last question. Who's your biggest rivals?
1: Yeah, it's gotta be FC Cincinnati. So for those who aren't aware of kind of the history of these two clubs, it goes back to the USL days. Both clubs were in the USL, um, and played against each other before joining MLS. And when the expansion bids went out, um, to those two clubs, it was actually Nashville who got the bid first, much to the dismay of, of many FC Cincinnati fans. Uh, for them, they had already been you know, a club in existence at the USL level for a couple seasons. They had delivered some really big crowds for US Open Cup matches, um, for example. And I think that kind of the general MLS ecosystem of fans and supporters all thought they were, you know, Cincinnati deserved a bid, that they, they had showed that they were ready to take that step up. So when Nashville ended up getting announced a couple months before Cincinnati, you, you can bet that there was uh, a, a little bit of dismay from Cincinnati supporters at that sure. one. So it kind of created a, a, an organic little bit of bad blood between the two. And plus, it's a close geographic rival. It's a four hour drive, if even that, between the two cities. So while Cincinnati has a big rivalry with Columbus being the in state, the hell is real derby. Um, there, there is a lot of bad blood in between Nashville and Cincinnati as far as MLS play
0: goes. I love that. Oh, Ohio's got mm-hmm. some issues over there. Cincinnati thinks they deserve a team. Columbus thinks everyone needs to save them and it's imperative to the success of Major League Soccer. Um, we'll talk about bad about them now, but when they're on the show, we just talk bad about, about you. Um, all right. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Chris, uh, senior sports writer at Broadway TN and Speedway Soccer. One last time, let us know where we can find your work.
1: Yeah. So on Twitter at ChrisIvy865, and you'll find any written work at broadwaysportsmedia.com. And then any podcast work is Speedway Soccer, and that's our weekly podcast on all things Nashville SC.
0: Love it. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you at home for watching ID Sports. <laughs>